Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. She got the best of me. She broke my heart. Now all that's left of me is beating this guitar. Every night a different town. She follows me around. So you give what's left of me. I got to say, if you could have anybody's voice that's singing as a person, you know, if I could replicate it, I, I, th- I think Chris Stapleton's number one. Luke Combs is right there, man. Luke Combs has got some pipes. I hope he comes back to Missoula. Last time he was here, he wasn't, he, he was starting to become big, but he wasn't as big. And now he's just huge. He could definitely sell at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So hopefully uh, he comes back. Welcome back. Duan is now hour number two coming at you. Missed anything in hour number one. Whole bunch of high school stuff. Our prep scoreboard, we gave you a preview of high school soccer uh, state tournaments that are coming up this week. We also had a vertical raise, Class AA Player of the Week, Carter Kraft of Helena High. Congratulations to you. Your trophy will be there soon. We also had our Treasure State Stars, some of our best individual performances from across the football ranks here uh, in the state of Montana. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, Visit msubookstore.org. In studio, second week in a row, back by popular demand. We heard from all of you guys that you really liked it. And I know you've been watching his videos. And I don't know, he's just one of my favorite guys to hang out with. Samuel Kim in studio with us. Uh, I was kind of surprised that you wanted some country music. But then I was like, eh, maybe not, actually. You're from Oklahoma, so that's kind of country. Yeah. Uh, I really didn't start listening to country until I got to my Really? Scenario. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask you, we were just talking about hunting off air. And one of my favorite parts about... Um, College football in general. Sammy and I had lunch today, too, so we were talking just about life in general. But sort of the melting pot of what a college football program can become all over the country, but especially in rural places like Montana, is so fascinating. Because you'll have guys on the same team where one guy might be from, you know, a 180-person town in Montana, and then another guy, like you, might be from Oklahoma, and then another guy's from L.A., and another guy's from Portland. And it's crazy just all the different backgrounds. What was the most Montana thing that you did when you were in, in college that maybe you'd never done before? 
really the hot springs. I mean, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. I'm sure there's yeah. others, but the hot springs just strikes me first. I, I was uh, laughing because we had Drew Polidor as a safety for the Cats on the show, and I asked him a similar question. He's from uh, Denver, so certainly the mountains, but um, not nearly as rural as Montana. I said, what's the what's something you got into? He's like, dude, I love fly fishing. Wow. I was like, that's cool. I was like, pretty good to be able to go to school in Bozeman and learn how to fly fish. He's like, my girlfriend taught me. I was like, dude, if you have a girl that taught you how to fly fish and wants to go fishing with you, you actually hit the jackpot. Like You, oh, yeah. you are living the absolute... <laughs> Dream. So uh, it's fun. It is fun to see just everybody come together. The Grizz are on a bye this week. So this is our Grizz Star of the Week, although Sammy no longer plays for the Grizz, playing professionally in the USFL for the Philadelphia Stars. But our Grizz Star of the Week each week, presented by Ryan and Miller. Ryan and Miller Law has more than 30 years of experience. Paul Ryan and Angie Miller approach every case like they're going to trial from day one. This ensures the top notch attorneys are always prepared and ready to press forward on their cases to get their clients the justice they deserve. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Uh, it was hilarious texting with you and following you on Twitter over the weekend because uh, you become a real big Grizz fan real quick as a Man. former player. And I love it. I love that you're still so engaged in it. Um, but it's it's just the roller coaster, I'm sure, as somebody that's only been out for a couple years, all these guys on the Grizz right now, they're your friends. You play with a ton of these guys, guys that are seniors. They were starting when you were you know, still playing. So, I mean, what's the roller coaster of emotions watching a game now? Man, it's crazy. You should ask my fiance. It's just like <laughs> up and down, up and down, and then you, we had the onside or onside. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Uh, what was your perspective on that? The onside? Yeah, man. Because I had to learn about the rule. I didn't realize it because there's, um, it, it's a different rule than like if the if the ball breaks the plane. On a touchdown, yeah, that's a rule, or that, that's a touchdown, right? When it comes to the onsides, if any part of the body or anything is over the line, it, you're offsides. Yeah, because w- w- the replay it showed Hayden Hatton's lower body was actually behind the line. Mm-hmm. So then Idaho was saying, "Oh, you know, we got to review this, got to review this." But when you actually look at the definition of the rule, I think he really was offsides. Yeah, yeah, and then it's different for punt as well. You know, the punt yep. rule, like how it's a plane, and Coach Hal drills us on all that stuff every year, so. We're really good about knowing those rules and regulations. Well, certainly, that's uh, that's one of Coach Alex's specialties. Emotions and fandom aside, though, what did you just think of the, the response by the Grizz? I mean, this is a team that, in Missoula, a lot of people were ready to bury this team dead a couple weeks oh, yeah. ago, and uh, not so fast. Now the Grizz are back in the top ten, and uh, they absolutely are in the, in the driver's seat, at least for a playoff berth and maybe even a conference title. Oh, yeah. I mean, they really have flipped the script, and part of me thinks that they've heard the noise and seen the talk, and you know how cast, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of blown away because it did kind of seem like we had hit a wall offensively, and then all of a sudden we, you know, Clifton becomes a full-time starter, and we start to blossom offensively, and it, it's just awesome to see. Well, so... So take people through that part. Coach Houck, I've dealt with him for most of my journalism career. He doesn't want any bulletin board material coming out of the Grizz. He wants none of the players to say nothing. Hey, good team, well coached. We respect them. We prepare every week. They were the same. That's it. Every player says the same stuff. It's all by the book. And uh, I do respect just the consistency of it all. When it comes to the other side, though, I mean – is he telling you guys, you know, would he tell you like when other teams were saying stuff about you if there was ever bulletin board material? It's called bulletin board material for a reason. <laughs> and it's changed every week. And Best he, believe. And know? he actually puts it up in the locker oh, room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the most outrageous one you remember or the one that got you guys fired up the most? Oh, you know. 
got to be Eastern Washington. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had that plastered everywhere. I mean, <laughs> that was among the, that was like a, a hype for a professional f- prize fight or like oh, a, yeah. or a WWF match, wherever. Tolo Lemo Jones is is on the sideline. If those that don't remember this, or maybe you don't have Twitter or whatever, this video went completely viral. Tolo Lemo Jones was a great receiver for um, Eastern Washington. They went on to get, have a cup of coffee in the NFL. Is he still playing anywhere? No, so actually he was in Detroit with me. Oh, okay. He was with the uh, Michigan Panthers. Got it. But he ended up getting cut before train, uh, like last cuts in training. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, because he's just like kind of a tweener. He's a huge yeah. receiver, but not in the order, guys. That analysis aside, um, he's on the sidelines after he catches a touchdown. He's like, we're coming for you, Montana. We're going to come in there. We're going to whoop you. And Eastern had already beat the Grizz that yeah. year, right? So, But remember what he said after the selection show. That for sure. was it. Montana doesn't deserve to be a seed. Because remember, that was the big sign <laughs> in the student section. Oh, yeah. man. So uh, w- when you're going through all that, we, 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 when, w- how does it affect just the day-to-day or the practice? Or I mean, are you guys thinking about it? Are you talking about it? Or how does it work just in terms of just the everyday? So we talk about it for sure in the locker room. But... Before the game, that's not really something. I mean, defense really has, they can do something about it. I'm on offense, so I can't really do anything about it. But I'm sure there's words discussed with the defense of like, man, I can't wait till I see him run across the field or something. But, you know, it's definitely sizzling underneath. You know, we talked about it those next couple of days after the selection show because we had a bye. Obviously, they mm-hmm. did not. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, it's just something that just charges us all up. And, you know, we were just ready to go. Ready to go. Well, uh, Samuel came in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, and you're getting your your master's in sports psychology. I thought the sports psychology of of Bobby Houck and the Grizz last week was fascinating because Idaho was touting this as, you know, it's homecoming. This is the resurgence. We're back in the big sky. We're finally good. We got our rival coming to town. We got the little brown stein in our possession, and they're hyping it up, and it was great. It was cool to see. They were loving it. They were having fun. There's videos all over Twitter. They're cutting out little snippets of Bobby Howe controlling him, and all these things are going viral. And then it all kind of backfires because the Grizz, for the first time in my entire life covering them, got to actually be the underdogs. Yeah. And they got to actually be this team that nobody thought was going to win except for themselves. Oh, yeah. And Levi Janikaro talked in the post game. He said, Hey, we kind of played it up all week because everybody was trying to tell us we're the underdogs, but he's like, we play at Montana. No, he's the underdog at Montana. So, I mean, what did you think of just the tactics that they used last week? Oh, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome because you are right. We're usually never the underdog. We're usually the hunted. And I talked about that in my breakdown this week about how, you know, I think Idaho being the hunted kind of affected them. You know, they're not used to being the lead guy. They're used to... You know, they're not used to being the people who people, the guys who people want to beat, and they were that. And you could see some nerves with drop snaps, false starts, drop passes. It just, it affects them. We're used to that. They're not. The other thing that I thought was fascinating was twofold. One, it really is a challenge. So I guess I'll ask you this. How big of a challenge is it to play outside of Washington Grizzly Stadium when that's the stadium you play in for your home games? Because sometimes you go to these stadiums and there's just not an environment there, oh, right? Oh, yeah. You got to bring tough. your own energy, it's right? It's tough. Bringing your own juice is tough. And sometimes that can lead to slow starts just sure. because there's no energy. And we're so used to so much energy right off the bat, you know. So that's definitely something you have to get used to because it's such a drastic contrast. And, and that's something I thought was a big factor in the game then because I actually thought it helped the Grizz that it was right at home. I mean, it, it was a it was a sold out hostile environment. Everybody's got their thunder sticks. Everybody's going crazy. The other part I thought was fascinating, though. This was a grave error on Idaho's part. They flipped 
where the sidelines are. And they put Montana on the traditional home sideline, made that the away sideline right in front of the student section. Student section was impressive to say the least at Idaho. Those kids were well lubricated and having a great time. They brought it. I mean, they were they were there from first of all, it was hard it's hard to get in the Kibbe Dome. There's not a lot of access. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew to get, you know, front row, you had to be there. So they were there for an hour and a half before the game even started, oh, chanting yeah. at the Grizz. But like you you and I were talking about at lunch. That's a that's a stupid thing to do to a Bobby Houck team. Oh yeah. I mean that does nothing but fire those guys up, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Coach Houck drills us on, you know, edge, edge, play with edge, take any little dig that they take at you, use that. That's why we have bulletin board material. And, you know, Houck doesn't want to give it out, but anytime somebody's gonna give us some bulletin board material, please. Well, the uh just the big picture now. What do you think this win does for the Grizz? It's it's so funny because I think that after UC Davis, everybody's thinking, okay, they got that one done, so now they can just go ahead and afford to lose to Idaho and they can still be in the playoff mix. Nobody was considering that they were going to go to Idaho and win. Mm-hmm. Now it's like everything you need and want is out in front of you still. So how do you think this changes the big picture for the Grizz? I think internally, obviously Hauk and the team is going to say it doesn't really change anything because they expected this to happen. But, you know, externally I think it it – you know, it lifts the morale, obviously, because nobody believed in us, and now everybody believes in us, and now everybody's telling, you know, there's people out there probably pumping this team up, but, you know, I think it it allows them to relax more in terms of expectations and, you know, the the hype and all that stuff. I think it just allows them to be more chill and more relaxed. And they can also be, at the same time, more confident. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, I think it injects a little bit of uh, in, uh, just some some confidence and some swagger sure. back into the program. For sure. Samuel Kim in studio with us here on Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. He mentioned his breakdowns. For those that don't know, he's been doing these sweet film breakdowns. You can find them on uh, YouTube. Uh, and you can also find him on his uh, personal Twitter account, so S underscore Akem, A-K-E-M 18. And, and they're really fun and informative. If you're a football fan, especially the person that likes X's and O's, go check these out. But you just dropped your most recent one. When breaking down this film, what sort of things did you see that maybe surprised you coming into this game or just things that you, you just stood out from uh, just analyzing this film? Man, I saw a lot of nasty play from Ardola uh, in the run game. I saw the front. I saw our front. Our D-line, winning the line of scrimmage, resetting the line of scrimmage multiple times. You know, they didn't really run the ball very effectively. They had the leading rusher in the big sky. I don't know if he still is right now, but he was the leading rusher in the big sky prior to that game. And, you know, we really minimized him. And there's many plays that I put on in there that, you know, Gubb, Hayden... Uh, Kale, they're just winning the line of scrimmage and ba- and resetting the line of scrimmage. Say the line of scrimmage is on the 40-yard 40, 40 line. After the snap, the line of scrimmage is now on the 38-yard line just because of our D-line. So those are a few things that stood out. I break a lot of more of it down in the video that you can catch at Samuel Kim 18 on YouTube. But it it's just, man, they played really well. The, the Grizz had a, a hard time getting home the first three games of conference play. Mm-hmm. Only one sack. And that was like a team sack against Idaho State. The statistic was actually zero sacks. But then they went and reviewed the film. They got a team sack to make sure that wasn't a three-game streak. But either way, this Chris team's entire defensive identity is predicated on negative plays of hitting the quarterback. I agree. I thought that was the key factor to the game. But, I mean, how much of it is the defensive line settling in and getting a little bit more healthy? How much of it is... I guess my question is, what did you think of the amount of pressure that they were willing to bring against this 
super slick and savvy and really athletic quarterback at Giovanni McCoy. I think they kind of took the mindset of like feast or famine. You know, it's like sure. either we're going to get there or we're not going to get there. And I don't think they were willing to wait. They started early and often bringing pressure. And I will say this also in terms of personnel and getting healthy. Riley Wilson was hurt early on in yep. the season. He has come back. He's kind of got comfortable, and you really see it in his play. I think he's a guy who's really been emerging for the Grizz, along with Gubb, who's already a staple. Um, Braxton, who's a staple. Trevin, who's been making plays this year. But I think Riley Wilson is really emerging as a player for the Grizz. You can really see, too, the, you talk about this internal motivation. They have been all over Kale Edwards to Man. try to lift his level of play. Then when he gets the game-winning sack, I mean, he gets the sack and he punches it out. And they're chanting at him, sackless, no less. You did it, you did it. Everybody's going crazy. But that's the thing, right? I mean, they they challenged this guy over and over again, and he had a hard time responding at first. Then he responds in the biggest way possible. Yeah. I mean, the kids from right up the street in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, what a great moment for him. Man. I mean, he chose Montana over Idaho. And, uh, I mean, he, he was, like, speechless when we interviewed him after the game. He was, like, having a surreal experience because he couldn't believe what just happened. But, I mean, that was... Absolutely the play of the game. That reminds me, that play of him in his hometown reminds me of when Samori, we went to Portland State in went 19, nuts. went nuts for like three touchdowns, 140 yep. yards, and, you know, Portland State never offered him. Right. Which I don't understand why, but <laughs> it, it reminds me of that. Uh, totally. Samuel came in studio with me, Colton Juarez. Uh, I asked you at lunch today, I said, What's sort of your gauge on the big sky now? Because you've been breaking down the Grizz game by game. Obviously, you know, it's your alma mater, so the one you follow the most. But you said that Idaho is probably the second one that you followed. So, I mean, just break down what they do offensively for people because it's very intriguing the way that they sort of operate. Mm -hmm. So, their running back is really good. He can make guys really miss. Good. He runs a very he runs very physical. He's a dog. He's a dog. And you saw it in some of the runs that he had against us. They might have been a five or six yard run, but he's finishing like trying to run you over, trying to run through you. I think their running game is really good. I think their off their offensive line isn't the best at plat pass protecting. Sure. But that's where Giovanni comes in. And he's the key to it all. He he's really good. I I can't remember who I was talking to earlier this week. It might have been you. No, it was the on the, the guys on the Grizz fan pod. But I sure. think I think he's the best quarterback in the Big Sky, personally. Uh, I agree. Let's do some Big Sky quarterback rankings because I listened to the first part of the Grizz fan pod, which are our great friends and and also show supporters. Uh, Mike Dudrit, Brent Wagberg, both a part of. Sammy sat in for uh, Lucas Alford this week. Luke is the funniest on that thing. It's just <laughs> classic. But you, you gave us you, you did a great job pinch hitting. Um, but you guys were debating the the best quarterbacks in the league, and I, I was thinking about this. Um, I I agree. I think Javon McCoy is number one. Number two, and we were arguing about this on our group text too, I got Dante Sacheray from Portland State because I think that he's the, the most dynamic dual threat guy. I think of all the guys that can run besides McCoy, he throws it the best. Mm -hmm. He has very middling numbers, but part of that's because they played Cal Poly and they scored 52 points in the first half, so he didn't play in the second half. Then they played the Cats, the best team in the league. And then uh, last week, he went nuts, and he had six total touchdowns. He's the Big Sky Player of the Week. So I still say that he's number two. And I, th I guess my biggest argument would be is if you took, took him and put him on any other team, I think they would absolutely absolutely be title contenders. And I, I think Portland State's actually kind of a dark horse, at least playoff contender, uh, in the Big Sky. And then I had the, you know, the two-headed monster at Montana State, Sean Chambers and, and Tommy Malott, third. Yeah. Miles Hastings at UC Davis, I had him fourth. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, let's see, i, I got to remember. about the Idaho State kid? I had the Idaho State kid sixth. Okay. Jordan Cooks. I think he's got tremendous arm talent, but he's also very young, and I think he's still 
makes uh, some mistakes from time to time. Yeah. Oh, okay, excuse me. I had McCoy first, Dante Sassari second, Caden Bennett of Sacramento State third because he's a dual-threat ah. guy that can that can run it and throw it a lot too. Then I had Chambers Balot at four, and then I had uh, Hastings at five, and then Jordan Cook at six. Okay, I like that. I, I don't think I would disagree with that. Uh, I forgot about the kid from Sac State. I've watched uh-huh. him a little bit too. During the Idaho, when I was watching the Idaho Sac State game, I saw him, and I think he's a good player. Uh, but I would definitely put Giovanni at top. Um, what's his name? Gosh, Sassery. Yeah, number two. Yeah, and Sean Chambers and Malat probably yep. three. So what's how much have you watched the Cats? Much? No, not much. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's very interesting because they have two great quarterbacks, and when both guys are healthy, it's a nightmare for defenses. But it's my personal opinion that each guy plays better when the other guy isn't in. That's why they've been able to be so good last couple years, though, because usually you lose your starting quarterback. I mean, you guys went through this multiple times. The Grizz have had this happen to them more often than any other team in the league. You lose your starter, the drop-off between the the starter and the next guy is so big, and a lot of times they're not even the same style guy. I mean, that's what happened last year was Lucas Johnson's this one style, Chris Brown's this other style. They they didn't have the same offense, so there was no continuity there. But the, the Cats have been able to endure guys getting hurt and then the other guy steps up. Chambers took the reins for a month last year when Malat was out. Then Chambers gets hurt. Malat comes back. Now they're both healthy. I think it's going to be interesting to see them balance because those guys are unselfish, but I actually think they're in a better rhythm either or when it's just one of them. Yeah. I personally think I would lean towards Chambers just because he's the bigger guy, uh, probably more durable. I don't know that to be fact, but I feel like he's probably more a little more durable. I mean, we've seen Tommy Malat struggle with injuries, but I'd probably lean towards Sean Chambers. The thing about Malat is Malat is one of the most fasting quarterbacks I've ever covered in the Big Sky because he sometimes he he's a he's a really tight wound guy. He, he's he's really really analytical, mm-hmm. but sometimes he thinks too much. Yeah, but when he gets into that. Zone that all any whether it's airplane sports that's what you dream of right when you get in that zone and it's flowing mm-hmm. when he gets in the flow he has like these out of body experiences where you're like is this dude the best player in the whole country I mean he <laughs> did it he did it against South Dakota State in the semifinals they had nobody left they give this guy the ball thirty times in quarterback runs he's throwing touchdowns to Lance McCutcheon you're like this kid's a freshman what's going on yeah and then he, you know then he'll have the moments where he comes back down to earth and he regresses and you're like oh he's just a running quarterback who can't really throw. But when he gets that zone, and that's why they keep sticking with him. Because yeah. in terms of consistency and durability, you're right. Chambers is the man. But Malat, his level that he can get to is as good as anybody you're in like, the nation. If we can just get that all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. It's just so hard to achieve. Uh, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, Samuel and Kim breaking down all things Big Sky Conference football with us. It's our Grizz Star of the Week. No Grizz Star of the Week this week because the Grizz are off. So we figured fill it in with the former Grizz. At Ryan and Miller Law, all legal advice is free, and there's always a real person to take your call. Ryan and Miller has a 24-7 answering service, so call them anytime, 406-544-2233. That's 542-2233 today. You need any help with any sort of car accident, medical malpractice, personal injury, that wasn't your fault. Ryan and Miller has got your back. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Uh, Our guy Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, as well as contributing writer and podcaster at Skyline Sports. He is on his way to the Grizz basketball scrimmage. By the way, that's going on tonight. They got the Lady Grizz first and then the Men Grizz second. This totally snuck up on me, so I didn't have it on the docket, so I don't even know if I can make it down. But Andrew's on his way down. Jeff Savard's sitting behind the glass. But Andrew says, 
Clifton McDowell is better than Miles Hastings and Jordan Cook, and he also thinks uh, Kakoa Vesperis of Eastern Washington is also better. So we had a little controversy in our Big Sky quarterback rankings. I do, th- I do think this. I think that McDowell, in terms of being able to translate to any offense, I think he'd have a hard time. But the fact that they've catered this thing to him now, oh. if you're just talking about winning and staying within yourself, McDowell's got to be a guy that's on those power rankings, I think, as well. And I don't think we would have said that a month ago, but here we are, and they've adjusted a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, I think he's playing really well. No interceptions, that's the key. That's something Cam did really well as well. You know, he didn't really give the ball back. But, uh, (laughs) man... Now that I'm thinking about those rankings, I'm like, I forgot about Clifton. <laughs> I have to slide him up. <laughs> yeah, you know? right, right. I think I'd probably put him in my top six for sure. I mean, it's it's an interesting deal because if you're talking about pure arm talent, the Idaho State kid actually has the best arm talent out of any of those guys oh, yeah. we just named. But he's also a guy that's only played, you know, 16 or 17 football games in his whole life. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, uh, you know, didn't start playing high school football until his senior year. He had to go to a junior college. He got hurt. So he's certainly this sort of like diamond in the rough, really uh, sort of, unpolished uh, prospect, but arm talent and operation at quarterback are, are two completely different things, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen this with the Grizz. Not to be hard on the kid, but, I mean, Chris Brown throws balls as good as anybody. Sometimes yeah. he just can't function within the scope of the game. Yeah. But if you go to practice and you watch him throw into the net, you're like, well, that guy's the guy <laughs> because he just throws. I mean, he spins it. So there's a lot more to doing it than just uh, your arm talent. And I do think they're good, doing a good job of moving McDowell around uh, and keeping them open. Uh, we're going to transition from some college to some NFL. We're going to play a little blindside game. This is something we do around here quite often. Unprepared. I'm just going to ask Sammy some NFL questions. He'll ask me some NFL questions, and we'll have a spirited discussion. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. Nuana is now on ESPN Radio. Samuel and Kim joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for tuning in. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A big shout-out to Shine Auto Detailing. They just awarded the best detail shop in Missoula again, and it's no surprise. They have over 220 five-star reviews. That's actually more reviews than all the other detail shops combined. They're celebrating by giving the next three callers a $50 gift card. But don't call us. Call them. Want a great experience with car detailing? Call Shine Auto Detailing, 406-207-3599. Get a $50 gift card. That's 207-3599. Shine Auto Detailing. 
call now. Uh, last week when you were in, I was asking you all about uh, getting divorced from my Minnesota Vikings because you did the smart thing and got divorced from the Dallas Cowboys. But then the Cowboys get back on track and win on Monday night. It was ugly, ugly against the Chargers last night, man. Don't be, com- don't be jaded by that game last <laughs> night. They will let you down. Well, and, and that's the thing is the Cowboys... The only team that lets people down more than... I mean, the Chargers are the number one I'm going to let the fan base down team, right? I mean, it's crazy to watch the Chargers because they always have good talent. Right now, they got this... I mean, I don't know. Justin Herbert, to me, is like John Elway 2.0, and he's just stuck in this weird situation. He's got the one of the best arms. He was arms. so off last night. He was so off. But then you just wonder how much of that is the coach. I don't know. It's it's weird, though, but you if you have a guy like that, you should be... Upward trajectory, and they just don't got it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. They got the pieces on defense. They got the pieces on offense. Like, why can't this contribute to wins? Right. I don't get it. Also, thanks, Andrew, for reminding me. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's a Tagliari Tuesday as well. We do that every Tuesday. Give you a free tag. If you want it, this one you do call us. This is easy. Call number 4, 406-888-1029. There's two locations to tag. Uh, Here in Missoula, there's the OG one there on Beckwith and Higgins, and then also the new one right down there. Uh, on Wyoming Street, right below the Cognizant building. Uh, order online. Just make sure you go to the right one to pick it up. You want free tag Larry Deli? Call right now, 406-888-1029. Our little NFL blindside. I'll ask you one, you ask me one. Um, first, is Brock Purdy a system quarterback? No, I don't think so. I agree. And I say this because I fully believe in experience. This guy was a three, four-year start. Was it four-year starter at Iowa State? That's right. Four-year starter. He's got tons of starts under his belt. Whether he, I mean, he was fairly successful as well. Like, No, I don't think he's a system quarterback. Yeah, see, and, and my argument would be that if the answer is yes, you also have to realize that most great quarterbacks in the history of the NFL are system quarterbacks, right? Yes. Like Joe Montana is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He also benefited tremendously from being the first guy that got to run the West Coast system. Oh, yeah. Steve Young, same thing. I mean, they built the whole system around Tom Brady in New England. I mean, you could even argue that Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback to a certain extent because Andy Reid built a system around Patrick Mahomes' improv- improvisational skills. Oh, yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting argument that people make. All right, what do you want to know about the NFL? Okay, are the Vikings going to win a Super Bowl in the next ten years? Oh no, the Vikings are never going to win the Super Bowl. Next, <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings. I mean, think about all the teams in the NFL and how all of them have been at least to the Super. Pretty much every team in the NFL has been to the Super Bowl sometime in my 36 years on this earth. The Lions? The Lions have not. The Vikings have not. The Cardinals? Oh, the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been to the Super Bowl. No, they haven't won one. They They haven't won one, but they've been to one. Right, right, right. I mean, you could go on down the line. I guess the Jets haven't been in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but the Falcons have. The Saints have. The Jaguars have not. Yeah. Uh, But I mean... The Texans have not, but there's most teams yeah, have at most. least, and the Vikings just they're just not they just they just can't man. I I, I seriously think that uh, our boss, uh, our the owner here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, she is a hardcore Green Bay Packers fan, and she always says, and this is it's actually not that outlandish of a theory. She always says that the reason the Vikings and the Lions are cursed is because they're in two of the coldest weather places in America and they decided to play inside and it's just God punishing them for not for being soft and just deciding to play inside. Nah, <laughs> I don't agree with that. See, the part is, though, the Vikings made the Super Bowl four times in the 1970s and part of it was because they would they played outside yeah. and they'd get teams there. I mean, you experienced this playing for the Grizz. That's interesting. 
sometimes it can be your biggest advantage, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that nobody comes to Washington Grizzly Stadium or Bobcat Stadium in, in the playoffs and wins, ever. Oh, yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's just such a huge home field advantage from the fan perspective and the weather perspective as mm-hmm. well. Um, okay, uh, next NFL question. Give me your give me your top five teams right now in the National Football League. Give me your power rankings. Ooh. It's a tough one because two of the best teams in the league lost on Sunday. The Niners yeah. and the Eagles both dropped one. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with the Lions at one. Wow, Lions number I one. I like the Lions a lot. Have I you like learned? Them. Have you gotten closer to that too since you've been staying out in Detroit? No, not. I mean, we played in their stadium, sure. but we didn't really. Penny actually, Penny Sewell's big brother played mm. on my team, so he oh, came to see our games. But I didn't really talk to him. But no, I mean. I just like the way they play. I like yeah. Jared Goff. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a really good receiver. I just like the way they play. Two, I'm going to go with the Niners. Yep. Three, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Mm, interesting. Four, I'll go with the Chiefs. And five, I'll go with the Eagles. The Eagles at five because they've won, but it's like seven touchdowns for seven interceptions for Jalen Hurts. It just doesn't look great, and their yeah. wins haven't looked pretty. You know, last year they were running over people. This year it's kind of like, do you buy or sell the Baltimore Ravens? They've been, buy them. they've been fascinating this year because they looked great out the gates. Yeah. Then they looked awful against the Steelers. Yeah. But then they looked good this last week in London. The Titans aren't very good, but they looked good again. So where are we at with Lamar Jackson? I think he's not the problem. I mean, you look at that game last week. Come on now, eight drops. What are you totally. supposed to do with that? The thing, the one thing, I love Lamar Jackson. I'm a big-time Ravens guy in terms of thinking that they're really good and they can make a run. I also think Lamar Jackson gets a raw deal in the national media because I do think that they've said for years and years and years, this guy can't win in the playoffs. Well, my first argument would be he makes the playoffs every year, which puts him ahead of most quarterbacks in the league. Talk about it. Second of all, he's still, even though he's been in the NFL for seven seasons, he's only 26 years old. I mean, this guy yeah. came in the league when he was 20. Like, he has... A lot of room left to grow. Oh, yeah. And third, I'd always argue that they didn't have any guys around him until now. Now they finally got a couple guys for him to throw passes to. We'll see if Odell Beckham comes back. But Zay Flowers, been a great addition. He got a touchdown last week. Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So the, the one knock I would have on Lamar Jackson, though, is you're right. They had eight drops against the Steelers. He also gets – he's a roller coaster emotionally sometimes. Like, he gets – when he's rolling, we were talking about last segment. Sammy came in studio with us, by the way, talking all things NFL. Uh, we were talking about, like, finding the flow state. When he's in a flow state, can't beat him. he's the best player in the NFL. Yeah. He seriously is one of the best players in the NFL. When he's out of it, though, sometimes he gets really frustrated. Like, in that Pittsburgh game, he threw the pick in the end zone, which is a terrible pick. Yeah. And then he comes back, and he gets sacked from behind, which he never does. Fumbles it, and so I don't know. I think that's the, the the last step for him is just to be more consistent when it comes to that. Yeah, take care of the ball. He does fumble the ball a lot. Uh, okay, another one for you. Do you think it's too early or not for the Carolina Panthers to regret taking Bryce Young with the number one pick, given how great C.J. Stroud has been for the Texans? Man. It's too early for sure. It's too early. It doesn't matter how C.J. Stroud is playing. It's too early to judge him. I think you can't even judge him fairly until. He has at least a full season under his belt. I mean, he does have a, l- a few pieces around him, but, you know, there's growing pains. There's always growing pains, you know. Some guys are more NFL-ready than others, and, you know, the Panthers, the Panthers might be kicking themselves for not picking C.J. Stroud right now. Uh, the other one, you mentioned Penny Sewell, and I, I was meaning to ask you this at lunch today, too. Um, the, the Big Sky has produced a lot of, of Big Sky talent, certainly, but 
sometimes when you're in the big sky, like when you were playing for the Grizz, you get to play FBS teams. And you guys got an opportunity to go play out in Oregon in 2019. Yeah. And you lost 35-3. to But when you look at that retrospectively, that's a pretty interesting deal because Penny Sewell is one of the best offensive tackles in football. He was on that team. Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in football. He was on that team. I mean, a freshman, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's Kayvon bigger Thibodeau. than everybody on our team already <laughs> as an 18-year-old freshman. It doesn't make sense. I mean, he was he was, he was one of, I mean, he is a good player for the New York Giants. But for those that are in the Twitter sphere or, or follow recruiting, he's one of the biggest recruits in the history of college football, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he had offers from, he's a man-child. He had offers <laughs> from every school in the country when he was like 14 years old. I remember yeah. the first team that ever offered him was the Cats. Wow. And then he got an offer from Eastern Washington, so I started following him. And then I was like, why are they offering this 14-year-old kid? And then he had Alabama everybody. and Oregon and USC and everybody else uh, on down the line. And, uh, you know, so that, he he proved it to be true. But my question for you is, though, do you ever look back on that and realize just how high of a level of competition it is? And also, do you follow those guys since you did compete on the same field with them? Uh, I don't follow them. It's I actually think I do follow Penny Sewell, but I don't follow Kayvon Thibodeau or uh, Justin Herbert. But uh, retrospectively, it's crazy. Those are all first-rounders. Javon Holland as well. Totally. Safety was yep. a great player. Uh and then Deomador Lenore, I think he might have went undrafted, but he's a really good corner for the Niners yep. right now. And I remember thinking when we played him then, I was like, man, these guys are good. <laughs> but, man, it's just crazy because, like, these guys are just so good in college, and it's just obvious. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, he was 18, 19 at the time, and he comes to push out to the flats on one of my routes, and he, he like, walls me and I go flying and I'm like this guy's a freshman? <laughs> like, this is crazy. Yeah, crazy. Well then you see how uh, high of a level that they rise to. Okay, last thing for you and then we'll get you out of here. Samuel Kim, former Grizz receiver. Talking about things NFL here on Nuanas. Now, so you got the Dolphins. So you're buying the Dolphins hype right now. Yes. And I think a lot of people are. Uh, what puts the Dolphins ahead of the Bills in your eyes? I forgot about the Bills. Right? Fairness. I forgot about totally. the Bills. I would have put them in there. Yeah. I completely blanked on them. That's another story. But you said what puts them ahead of the Bills? Yeah, or, or I guess, do you think they're ahead of the Bills? Oh, it's that's a tough one, right? Yeah, that is. How funny is it that the AFC East for twenty years was the Patriots and nobody else, yeah. and now it's everybody else but, but the, the Patriots? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say I can't put the Dolphins in front of the Bills. I completely blanked on them. I would have put them ahead of Dol- of the Dolphins, and that would have slid probably the Eagles out of yep. my rankings. Yep. But. Um, I can't put them ahead just because they lost the head-to-head. They got right. beat down when they played the Bills. Totally. So, you know, I'm a big believer. You know, I saw some of the polls this week about Montana having still Idaho, FCS Nations, top 25, had Idaho still ahead of us. And I was like, that's interesting because we just played and we won. You say what you want, but when the ball is rolled out there and the whistle's blown, <laughs> right. when the clock is zero, there's our judgment right there. <laughs> yeah, right, totally. Uh, the, the one question I still have about the Dolphins is they're doing all this stuff that's really innovative. Yeah. Nobody's seen it before. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, once somebody figures out how to crack your code and solve your puzzle, then everybody copies Everybody's it. Everybody's already doing it. You look at the Niners, they're yep. doing the pre-snap motion where yep. they swing them yep. out. The Rams definitely are doing it. Yep. The uh, the Lions are doing it. Every, yep. I mean, I don't even know why I'm naming teams. Everybody's already yep. doing that stuff yep. now. Now that Mike McDaniels has implemented some of it and it's just... 
It's a copycat league. It's just going to be so fascinating to see which defense cracks the code for the Dolphins because yeah. then once one team does, then everybody's going to copy. It's the same thing the Chiefs went through a couple years ago. Cover two. The one team decided to just do cover two shell, keep everything in front of them, and the Chiefs struggled for about a month. Well, yeah. then that's why Patrick Mahomes is so elite because then he takes the next step. He takes the next step. I'm just so interested to see because somebody's going to find a game plan that stifles the Dolphins. Oh, then yeah. how do they respond? What does Mike McDaniel have for everybody else down the stretch? I think part of what the Bills did was bring pressure, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Tua was a little under pressure during that game, but I don't know. Somebody will figure it out, and it's going to change the NFL when they do. And the thing about it, though, is the, the reason the Dolphins are always going to have answers is, one, they have a heck of a head coach. Mike McDaniel's doing a great job. Two, they got a quarterback who people got twisted on because the narrative around Tua Tagovailoa went from the, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in college football to this guy that was injury prone to then this guy we were worried about his head injuries. Yeah. Everybody forgot that this guy's a Maserati. I mean, he throws yeah. it. He throws it like almost nobody. I mean, that game when he gets benched, when when Jalen Hurts gets benched in that Georgia national championship game, and Tua Tagovailoa comes in, anybody and everybody that didn't know who that was was like, "What's going on? Why is this happening?" The second throw, you're like, oh, oh that's why. Jalen Hurts is transferring. <laughs> like, there is no way that he's going to ever beat this guy out. So people forget how talented and how just rawly uh, gifted Tua Tagovailoa is. Yeah. And uh, I think that those two things, but more than anything, though, like Andrew said yesterday, it don't matter if you solved the puzzle. You can't stop Tyreek Hill's speed. Man. You can't stop a chain speed. You can't. I mean, Dude. Rasheem Mostert. Uh, Davion Achain and Tyreek Hill are three of what? The five or six fastest guys in the whole league? And they you got didn't even mention Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Jalen Waddle. I mean, you literally have four dudes who run sub 4 440s oh, on the yeah. same offense. So that's pr- pretty hard to stop. Uh, Sammy Kim in studio with us. Uh, not the last time. We'll be doing some other stuff. We got some, we're working on some podcast stuff. But go check out his videos on YouTube. He's break, doing a great job breaking down Grizz and Big Sky Conference football. And uh, we'll certainly... Hear from him upcoming on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast as well, and probably here on Nuanas now from time to time as well. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. Great yeah, to see you. Appreciate you having me, man. Uh, we will uh, continue our NFL conversation as well as maybe give you some thoughts on what to watch tonight, a return of the Grizz basketball teams. That's pretty crazy. Can't believe it's already basketball season. Silver and maroon scrimmages tonight at Dahlberg Arena. Talk about that next. Keep it right here. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm having a hard time comprehending that basketball is going right now and that um, the Grizz... Men's and women's basketball teams have their season opening scrimmages tonight. It's got it's going right now. The Lady Grizz just started. That's a little weird. It's also hockey season. That's crazy. And guess what? The NBA starts next week too. I don't know why I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around this, but I am. But on the hockey note, we yet again are the official affiliates of the Seattle Kraken hockey team. Kraken had a landmark year last year. 
and certainly expected to be very competitive again this year. And they play against the Colorado Avalanche tonight. We'll have coverage for you at 7.30. So this is going to be a, a moving target. As the affiliates of the Kraken, we have the availability to play um, all of the games. Sometimes Major League Baseball playoffs or college football or particularly Grizz hockey will take precedent over the, uh, the Kraken. But also sometimes... We'll have the Kraken on the radio. So you can expect probably, I don't know, I'd say 50-plus Kraken games on the radio this this uh, upcoming um, winter slash, uh, I guess, fall into winter. And uh, we'll also have uh, three dozen-plus Grizz hockey games on the radio. We've already had a multitude, and Jeff Safford doing a great job on the call for the Grizz hockey team as well. And uh, then we'll have other live sporting events. But we're just trying to put a high priority on Live broadcast, whether they're national broadcast, they're the Kraken, or they're Grizz Hockey Lacrosse and anything in between. I think that that's what you guys have told us that you want, so that's what we're going to be doing. Thanks so much for listening here to Nuanas Now. If you missed anything in the show, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com, the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit MSU Bookstore. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, will join us tomorrow, as will Sean Chambers, senior quarterback for the Montana State Bobcats. Mike Anderson from the Grizz Hockey Team will also be a part of the show, as will Tom Wistershill. He's the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. He'll join us to talk about a variety of different elements of college football right now, as well as getting national TV games on the docket two weeks in a row. Idaho, Montana last week, Sac State, Montana State this week. So he'll join us for our ESPN Roundtable. And we'll also have our first look at Sacramento State. The Hornets host Montana State on Saturday while the Grizz are on a bye. Jam-packed Wednesday. Tomorrow, we'll see you then. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.